You're listening to On the Right Road. Get ready to experience extraordinary real-life inspiration and discover valuable tools to help kids find and travel the right road in school and in life. And now, here's your award-winning host, author, singer-songwriter, producer, humanitarian, and founder of Right Road Kids. It's Paula Phillips. Right Road. Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Right Road. I'm your host, Paula Phillips, and as always, I've got something good and positive and wonderful to say and share with you all this evening. (laughs) This is going to be another extraordinarily special show. My guest is amazing. I know everything he shares is going to be such an inspiration and blessing for all of us, kids included. So, oh my goodness, you guys, please feel free to invite your kids to listen with you or download the show after the live broadcast so you can share it with them and your students. Um, And I'm going to keep my introduction short here today so we can glean as much as possible from this world-renowned author and traveler and inspirer. I've titled tonight's episode, Helping Kids Find the Joy of Reading, Writing, and Learning. And I'm adding to that and becoming everything they can be. And I just feel like all of this inspiration tonight is going to equally be for all of us as adults, too. So I'm just so glad you're here tuning in with me. And in addition to our wonderful conversation and all the inspiration, I think you know that I'll also have tons of awesome On the Right Road giveaways to share with you throughout the whole program tonight. Note that I'll announce all of the recipients from all of tonight's live and pre-show giveaways on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. So make sure to check for that super long recipient announcement post so you know how to respond to receive your gift if you're a recipient this week, okay? And we'll be mailing all the gifts from tonight's show out to the recipients around the end of the month. So they should arrive around the second week in December or so. And all the entry details will be a part of each giveaway opportunity. So you'll know exactly what to do to participate and enter. So here's tonight's first very special gift opportunity for you. Uh, Giveaway number one, of course, you know it's open to all educators in the United States listening to On the Right Road right now. And first, I want to make sure to mention tonight's code word for the giveaways, which is the word SHINE. And I know that word isn't from the title of tonight's show, where I usually get each code word from, but that's what our guest does in spades. He just shines. So I think that's the perfect word for tonight. So for those of you who are new to On the Right Road, here's how we do things. When each giveaway comes up, I'll explain it. This first one isn't up on our Facebook page yet because I haven't explained the whole thing. It's going to pop up on our Right Road Kids Facebook page, but... Instead of just waiting for your news, it's for it to come up in your news feed, actually go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page. Facebook is so big that everything doesn't pop up in your news feed. So go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page. Then when I explain each one, just refresh the page. It'll pop right up there for you. And then just follow those simple entry guidelines that are going to be right there in the giveaway post. Plus, make sure to include tonight's code word SHINE somewhere in each of your entry comments because that lets me know that you're listening and it officially enters you, okay? So for this first giveaway this evening, I wanted to start out with a great big boost of positivity and I have seen so many of you rave about these items as positive support for your students and I know students and teachers love them. So I have 12 102 count 
Positive Message Vinyl Sticker Packs. They're those uh, cool stickers that work great on water bottles or computers or phones or binders. And all the messages on this particular sticker batch, they're so uplifting. They're great for incentive reward gifts or just a big boost of positivity in the classroom. So there will be 12 recipients and each will receive one of the jam-packed Positive Message Vinyl Sticker Packs. So to enter, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entries guidelines in the giveaway post and remember to also type tonight's code word shine as part of your entry comment okay this giveaway will be open until just after the end of the show till 6 30 p.m pacific 9 30 eastern tonight and we'll announce the 12 recipients on our right road kids facebook page this coming tuesday afternoon special thanks to dch subaru of thousand oaks and Leggy liner for helping to make this giveaway possible. And I think you guys know this is just the first of the wonderful giveaways I'll have throughout the whole show for you tonight. So keep our Right Road Kids Facebook page close and ready. And just a quick note that if you're not listening live tonight, we're live Sunday, November 14th, 2021. Tonight's giveaways will, of course, be closed after that. And now, you guys, I am so, 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 so thrilled to introduce you to my awesome guest this evening, Peter Larangis. Get this, you guys. Peter has performed on Broadway. He's run a marathon. He's rock climbed in Yosemite during an earthquake, nonetheless. He graduated from Harvard with a degree in biochemistry, and he's the author of more than 175 books that have sold over 6.5 million copies worldwide and have been translated into 35 languages. His nine New York Times bestsellers include his entire Seven Wonders series and his 39 Clues titles. Throwback, an exciting time travel trilogy, is his latest writing achievement. Many of the books have won awards and honors. He's conducted workshops and given presentations at conferences and book festivals around the globe. Peter has really earned the moniker Master Storyteller, and he's literally traveled the world inspiring kids. What a remarkable human being, and what a, what a conversation we're going to share here this evening. I am just... Over the moon, excited to introduce you all to Peter Larangis and welcome him to On the Right Road. Welcome, Peter. Thank you. Oh, I'm tired just listening to you talk about me. <laughs> I love it. Well, and I'm going to start with something super fun, Peter. As I think all of our awesome On the Right Road listeners know, whenever we're blessed to have a children's author on this show, I love to start with a quick fire question challenge. So... I've got Uh-oh. my timer set. <laughs> I've got my timer set for three minutes, Peter. No pressure. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you ten quick fire questions, and if you can answer all ten in three minutes, I'll add a bonus Amazon gift card giveaway for all of our wonderful Right Road Educator friends at the end of the show. And I'll go one step further, okay? If you can do it in two minutes, I'll add even more to that giving fun, okay? So listen closely, friends, Great. because. I'm also going to ask a question based on Peter's answers as part of the bonus giveaway. Okay. So, Peter, I'm getting my stopwatch all set here. Uh, here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. Question one. What's your favorite color? Yellow. I mean blue. <laughs> What's your favorite food? Pasticcio. It's Greek. Cool. What's your favorite place that comes to mind 
when you think of all the places you've been in the world? Moscow. Awesome. Okay, so what's one place you've gone that you haven't gone to yet that you'd really like to visit? Uh, Paris. Ooh, I love that. How, okay, so question number five. How long does it typically take you to write a book? Um, two weeks to one and a half years. Wow, what a range. Okay, question six. How old were you when you wrote your first book? First book, seven years old. First published book, 31. Wow. I love that. Okay, question seven. Is there a particular time of day that's your favorite or most productive time to write? After midnight. Oh, you, oh, oh my goodness. Night owls. I love this. Okay, question <laughs> eight. What's your favorite book of all time, either one of yours or one authored by somebody else? Um, Ferdinand the Bull. Oh, I love it. Okay, question nine. What's your favorite word? Finished. <laughs> Perfect for an author. And question 10, what three words would you use to best describe you? <laughs> it's pronounced laryngeous. <laughs> we were talking about that right, be- right before the show. And I can imagine my son's name is Micah and he gets everything mm. under the sun. So I get <laughs> why that's so important to you. All right. Guess what, Peter? We did that in under two minutes, so I'm adding even more. Yay! You rock! Oh, my God. I love giving to educators, and, and I know you do, too, so this is just, yay! Okay, so I'm going to dive yeah, right in too. here, Peter. Right? Okay. So here's my first big question. How in the world have you done so much? I mean, what is the mindset you have where you can do and be so many things, including, like I shared in your introduction, a Harvard graduate biochemist, Broadway performer, a mountain climber, a marathon runner, and a New York Times bestselling author. What's that mindset that you have to accomplish so much? Um, oh, boy, that's, that's tough. I, I mean, I, whenever I hear somebody say, you can't do it, that's like, to me, that's my signal that I have to get on the road to, you can do it. Um, I, yes. I really take no as kind of a starting point, and um, I, I've just, I was a kid who was just interested in everything, and my parents were great. They basically, if I said I wanted to do acting, they said, hey, good. If, you want, if I wanted to play a musical instrument, they said, hey, good. They were very good about letting me be free to explore who I was as a person, and um, I don't know. I think over time, I just sort of thought, hey, this looks interesting. Let me give it a try, and that's it. Well, I love, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps here because two things that you said just popped out of me. No is a starting point. Never take no. And then also the importance of parents, and I also think we can piggyback on that, teachers, the importance of them seeing that as well. Like saying, okay, give it a try instead of, oh, that's kind of hard, honey. You know, I I love that. So, so I had actually had a teacher who in... I'm sorry, I had a teacher in sixth grade who said, someday uh, you are going to be a well-known writer, and I am going to keep your work. Like, I had written a poem for her, and she loved it, and she said, I'm going to keep your poem uh, in my purse um, as long as I can, because someday I know I'm going to read a book by you, and I'm going to pull out this poem, and I'm going to say, I knew him in sixth grade. 
it was very intimidating, but it was also, you know, because I, I knew that she expected so much of right. me, right? And I was only 11 years old. But on the other hand, it was so empowering, too, because no one in my family ever uh, wrote for a living or no one in my family ever did, you know, something creative professionally, right? So I didn't really have any models that way. But when she said that, that stayed in my head, I think, my whole life. It just goes to show that one person can change a child's life. It's just, right. I mean, goosebumps. So, Peter, you said you wrote your first book at seven. How did you <laughs> find this passion or calling to write? I, you know, a lot of people ask that, and I just think I loved to tell stories. I was the oldest in my generation. I had a younger brother, a younger sister, and a lot of cousins who lived in, in our general neighborhood, and we always got together, and when we did, I mean, there were 14 of, of all these cousins and siblings. Wow. I was the oldest, so I, right, so I was their babysitter, and I was the one who had to, um, you know, help them with their homework, and I used to love to tell them stories, and I would make them up, and I would make them laugh, and I would do imitations, and I would do <laughs> voices, and, and I loved it so much. And then in my spare time, I just found myself wanting to write stories. I don't know where that came from. It was just there the way, you know, wanting to play sports would be to a different kind of a kid. It was just something I did naturally. Oh, and I love that you actually sat down to do it. Well, and, and taking that passion and getting into a field, quote, professionally, is not always an easy task, especially these days. So how did you get into the whole field of writing, your passion, what you loved? How did you do that professionally? Well, that's interesting because we talked about no leading to yes. All my life, I was telling myself no, that I was not good enough to do it. I would read other authors and I would say, oh, I would, I can never live up to that. So I kind of put it aside and did other things. And I majored in something in, in the sciences and biochemistry in college, but I didn't want to be a doctor. And then I thought, oh, well, if I don't want to be a doctor, I should be a lawyer. And I took the you know, law, LSATs, and I got yeah. into law school, but I, I knew I didn't want to do that. So, you know, it just didn't feel right for me, right for other people, not so much for me. So I put it off for a year, and I gave myself 12 months, and I said, go after your dream during these 12 months. And if you fail, you can go to school. And if you don't, see what happens. So for one year, I tried doing acting, and I got into a Broadway tour, and that was so exciting. And I thought, okay, I'm going to stick with this for a while. So for about eight or 10 years, I was an actor and, um, you know, and a singer. And in between acting jobs, I started copy editing books because that was getting back to my original passion, but it wasn't the pressure of actually writing a book. It was just editing a book. And as I got more and more confident and I realized, hmm, I'm editing these books and I know that I can do this too. I started getting my confidence back and I would say to my editors, oh, you know, I'm editing this book, but maybe you can (laughs) pass some work my way, you know. And they would say, sure, we have a work for hire project. And that means that the idea comes from the publisher and they ask you to write the book that's their idea. And I would say, okay, and I said yes to everything. And before I knew it, I had three careers going as an actor, as an editor, and as a writer. And at one point, I realized, okay, you know, you got to choose one, because if you do try to do all three, it's going to be too much. And I really was getting so much pleasure out of writing, which is what I always wanted to do in the first place, right. that I put my eggs into that basket. 
Well, and I love, you know, it's so interesting because Alan Katz, who I believe is also a friend of yours and an amazing yeah. author, he was on our last On the Right Road show and as my amazing guest, just like you are now. And he, his th- comment was he said yes to everything as well early on in his career. That is a key, kids. Don't worry about, oh, I don't know if it fits quite right. Be that go-to person and just show your enthusiasm. I love that. And the other thing that just caught my ear, what you were saying, Peter, is the time goal. You gave yourself a year. It's And I, and I don't think we always have to have drop-dead deadlines on things. But in your mind, you set that goal. It wasn't just like, you know, fairyland out there. You, you set a goal and you work toward that. I love this, Peter. So here's the thing. I understand that when you first started writing some of your books, you didn't always use your own name as an author. You used what's called a pen name. Uh, for example, um, one of the pen names you used was Franklin W. Dixon for some of the uh, Hardy Boys, Case Files books you wrote. I think kids and all of us are curious to learn why in some cases did you n- use a name other than your own as the author? Oh, that actually, that has two answers. In, one, okay. in the olden days, when books were shelved in the bookstores and in libraries, they shelved everything by last name. So you didn't have series in one place. So you couldn't have one, uh, a different author writing each book of the series, right? Because then if the author's name ended in A or in P or in Q, they'd be they'd be alphabetized differently. You wanted wow. the series all together. So back in the old days, they just said, all right, let's make up a name. And, the, and wow. the name for the Hardy Boys was Franklin W. Dixon. And there was never a person named Franklin W. Dixon. Oh, my god. That was gosh. a made-up name. Yeah, but they wanted everything alphabetized together under D, right? Or, you know, they could have picked any name, but it was at least alphabetized together. So that became a pen name. And Carolyn Keene, for the Nancy Drew books was another right. pen name. So that's the reason for that one. Now, later on, uh, a few years later, I started writing movie novelizations, and I was writing so many of them. In other words, they send you, the publisher sends you a script of a movie that's coming out. You take okay. that script and you turn it into a novel. And I was doing a lot of them. I think I did 40 of them. And I didn't want to be known as, you know, the guy who does movie novelizations, because eventually I wanted to write my own books and have my name right. known for that. So I took the letters of my last name, L-E-R-A-N-G-I-S, and I mixed them up. I made it what they call an anagram, right? And I called myself A.L. Singer. And so a lot of those books are written under that name. So those are the two reasons. Oh my gosh, that's so fascinating. You didn't want to pinhole yourself. I lo- and, and what right. I love about that is you weren't afraid to do that. It's like you you automatically left the door open for so many other dreams to happen. Some people, you know, operate on fear. I love that. Well, another awesome nugget about your life and career is that in 2003, I understand you were invited by the White House to accompany First Lady Laura Bush to Moscow. You said Moscow was your favorite city you've been to, along <laughs> with authors like R.L. Stein of Goosebumps fame and Mark Brown of the Arthur books fame to represent the United States in the first ever Russian book festival. You even got to fly on Air Force One. I mean, what was that whole experience like? It was crazy. I <laughs> at first at first, you know, you'd get 
All of these people are contacting. I had, I thought it was a joke. I got a call from Scholastic saying, oh, are you available to go to Moscow for the first ever Russian book festival? And you'll be traveling on Air Force One. And First Lady's been trying to reach you all summer long. And I thought, oh, okay. You know, I got it on my voicemail. And I said, yeah, right. This is a joke, right? I thought somebody was just pulling a prank. So right. I called, you know, I called back and I said, mm-hmm, yeah, this is Peter. What's up? Figuring they'd say, ha, 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 we told you. <laughs> but I didn't. They said, no, this is serious. And, uh, um, it was all of a sudden everything started happening. I get an uh, email from someone at the White House saying, "Please send your passport, and we'll send you a visa, a Russian visa." And I thought, "I'm not going to send you my passport. That's private." And I thought, "Oh, wait, no, wait. It's the government. Oh, I can." So, <laughs> so I sent them. You know, everything, everything fell into place so fast. And riding on Air Force One was unbelievable. It was the three of us, R.L. Stein and me and, and Mark Brown, and the Librarian of Congress who I. Who oh. was my seatmate, and um, wow. I had I had a cold at the time, and uh, you know, and you know, Mrs. Bush's assistant was so sweet. You know, she said, everyone was a Texan, and she said, you know, hi, Peter, can I do anything to help you? And I, I said, no, I said, no, no, I'm going to be fine. And she said, no, no, we got a doctor on board. He's not doing anything. I'll go get him. So she goes off and gets this doctor who comes in and starts tending to me on the airplane, just like, what do you need? What can I get you? Need some aspirin? And uh, it was just. Unbelievable! And they had a, they had amazing lunch. I got to eat a Dove bar for lunch. I'll, that's the thing <laughs> I'll never forget. Um, and you know, it, it, we had dinner with, uh, with the president of Russia. I, I had a conversation with Vladimir Putin. I will never forget oh it the rest gosh. of my life. <laughs> that's unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable! Unbelievable! It's like anything is possible. This is this is why I wanted to. Um, add to the title tonight that really you can become anything that you vision in your mind's eye envision in your mind's eye and I love you're such an amazing example for kids and for all of us that you can do anything oh my gosh so Peter let's dive into some of your your books in your book series if it's okay um, to start the 39 clues book series is not only extraordinary but it's also in my mind, quite unique in that several authors, including you and Rick Reardon and and, uh, Gordon Corman, to name a couple, were commissioned to write different books in this series, two of which you've written, uh, book three, uh, The Sword Thief, and book seven, The Viper's Nest, and then book 11, Vesper's Rising, you wrote together with three other authors, plus you also penned The Dead of Night, which is one of the books in the second 39 Clues series. So how were you selected to be one of the amazing authors in this hugely popular series and piggybacked onto that, how did the writing of the books work and flow so well with so many different writers? I got a phone call in 2007 from my editor at Scholastic, whose name was David Levithan, whom I had worked with since he was a 19-year-old college intern. Um, back years ago, I used to write, uh, I used to ghostwrite books in the series called The Babysitter's Club. Oh, sure. David Levithan, yeah, and, and David, nobody knew. And David Levithan was the young intern in charge of, you know, sending out the manuscripts and what have you. And uh, we became very good friends. And this is another thing. It's good to become friends with the people who are just starting because as they get go forward in life, 
you know, they, they, you become colleagues with people who become much more powerful. So now David yes. was an editor at Scholastic, and he wanted to have a multi-author series, and the first thing he did was call authors that he had worked with as an editor, because by now he was no longer an intern, he was a senior editor. So he called sure. people that he thought all wrote in a similar adventurous way, one of which was, you know, adventure and humor. Those were the two things he was looking for. So he, yeah. he had Rick Riordan write that first book, because Rick was a big kind of a, he was starting to become very popular with Percy Jackson. And then he said, okay, well, I like working with Gordon, and I like working with Peter, and I like working with Jude Watson. Let's offer them a couple of books and see what they say. So it started from him and Rick, and then went to me and Gordon and Judy, and they brought us into a secret meeting. They didn't want anybody wow. to know about it. And at the time, my son was working at Scholastic as an intern because he was in college, and I was going to take him to lunch on the day they <laughs> brought us in. And they were so nervous, and they said, oh, we don't want to really, you know, we don't want anyone to tell, to tell about this, so we're going to make you sign a non-disclosure agreement so you cannot talk about it ever. And we said, <gasps> okay, okay. And they told us about the series, and they said, we think this is going to be big. I hope you'll say yes. And, of course, we all said yes. And then I went and took my son out to lunch, and I said, uh, he said, why are you here? And I said, um, I can't tell you. I'm sorry. It's a secret. I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And he looked at me, and he said, oh, you're working on the 39 Clues? <laughs> and he knew all about it because they had chosen him since he was the youngest person working there to look at the idea and test it out and see that if he thought it would really appeal to young readers. He was the perfect oh person. Gosh. So he's the only one at Scholastic who knew about it, and it turned out he was my son. So that was great. This is unbelievable. The the serendipitous things that have happened in your life. I mean, it's just amazing. So you got to stay with me, okay? We've only scratched the surface of all the questions I have for you. But first, I want to give away a whole bunch of your absolutely awesome books. I'm so excited about this, Peter. So everybody, here's tonight's second huge On the Right Road giveaway. Of course, it's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. Believe, or, believe it or not, I have 24 books and book sets by Peter Lorangis. I've got four complete sets, The 39 Clues, even though that one was written by several different authors, um, but I wanted to include that. A Seven Wonders five book set, a Max Tilt three book set, and a Throwback three book set. And I have an array of 20 individual books as well to give. Plus, because the selection of Peter's books that I have here to give are Geared for about third grade and up, I've also got three $25 Amazon gift cards. So in case you teach, you know, younger grades, you won't feel left out in terms of participating in this giving fund. So there will be 27 educator recipients from this one giveaway alone, and each will receive one of Peter's awesome books or a set of them, or an Amazon gift card to buy books. So to enter, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow the simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember to include tonight's code word SHINE as part of your entry comment, even if you included it in tonight's earlier giveaway, okay? And for this giveaway, also include the grade level you teach. So if your name is drawn, we can best match one of the gifts with your student's reading level, okay? This giveaway will be open until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 27 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Huge thanks to Peter himself 
for donating the Seven Wonders Max Tilt and Throwback book sets and to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams for helping to make this fantastic book giveaway possible. (laughs) So, Peter, I always want to be so careful when interviewing an author and asking questions about their books so that in our conversation, we don't kind of give away too much about the storylines. Because I know for me, I don't want to know the storyline of a movie before I see it or a plot of a book before I read it. I I kind of plug my ears and go, la, 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 (laughs) when people talk about it before I've seen it or read it. But I'd like to ask you one more question about the 39 Clues without giving away the storyline and before we talk about some of your other awesome book series. So here it is. There are actually several 39 Clues series, The Clue Hunt, uh, Cahill's versus Vespers, Unstoppable, Double Cross, and Super Special. All told, I believe there are a total of 26 books. So, Peter, what do you think connected with readers so well with the whole 39 Clues legacy of books? At the beginning, they wanted to really think outside the box with the 39 Clues. Scholastic was worried that kids were being lost to the world of gaming, and they wanted to bring kids who loved gaming into reading. So they created a game online that really didn't make sense unless you read the books. So it brought kids from online activities into physical reading. That was the plan, right? That was the plan of the series. It turned out turned out that the books became more popular than than the online game, which is great. People really connected with the series because it was fast moving and fun and we like to think of it as being subversively educational because it all involved clues that were left by famous historical characters. So you learned about Mozart and you learned about um, you know, uh, in my book it was Hideyoshi who united all of Japan and, you know, Winston Churchill and all these different historical figures had something to do in this great big dramatic, uh, you know, interplay of, right. of how they get the 39 clues to the greatest power ever known to humankind. Um, and I think that there's a combination of all those things. The online game made it seem cool. There was a message board that Scholastic developed so that the kids could actually have contact with us writers. When, wow. when I went on tour, um, I video blogged, uh, you know, a search for, for, clues at different cities in the United States so kids could follow along and comment um, and then they became kids became friends with one another on those message boards it really became a community so there was all of those elements the online game the community the excitement of the books themselves and the fact that all of us writers were really on our game right because we would want to do better than the previous writer did. We would want to kind of up things a little bit. <laughs> you know, we're competitive, too. It was yes. very friendly competition. We all really like each other as friends. And so I think all of those, it was that kind of chemistry that made it so popular, I think. I love it. I just, I love the excitement. I love the passion. I love everything about what you're saying about everything. It's just so positive and and uplifting, and we need that in our world. So, so Peter, uh, your Seven Wonders series, I'm going to kind of, I want to make sure to touch upon as many of your books as we can as inspiration for kids and teachers and educators. So your Seven Wonders series is another New York Times bestselling series, and those books are based on Greek mythology and set around the seven wonders of the ancient world. So how in the world did you kind of conjure up this awesome series? 
I was in Greece on my honeymoon, and I, <laughs> we were, we, my wife and I were looking across the bay in, um, in Rhodes, and I thought, oh, this is where the Colossus of Rhodes once stood, and that was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And I, it was absolutely impossible. The way they draw the Colossus was one leg on one end of the, on one side of the, of the harbor, and one leg on the other side of the harbor. That thing would have had to have been like a, you know, 50 stories tall in order to stand right. up and it would probably collapse of its own weight. So I began thinking to myself, mm, let, me, let me research this. This is crazy. And I started really getting into the, third, the seven wonders of the, of the ancient world. And I thought, mm, it would be really fun to write about that. But eh, no, but I don't write nonfiction, so no. And then I thought, oh, you know, I, when we went to Crete, we learned about Atlantis, because some people think Atlantis, the sunken continent of Atlantis, was near the island of Crete in Greece. And I thought, wow, that would be fun to write about Atlantis. And then I thought, yeah, but a million people have done that. And then I started coming up with an idea about kids all alone on an island where some, you know, scientific group is studying them, but I couldn't figure out why they would be studying them. So I said, eh, no. So there was like three failed ideas, and then all of a sudden <laughs> I started putting them together. I thought, what if these kids uh. on the island have a gene that they've inherited from a prince who escaped the sinking of the continent of Atlantis and hid seven magical elements in the seven wonders of the ancient world that were built for that purpose. And because of this gene that they've inherited, they've sort of also inherited a curse. And they've got one year to live unless they find those seven wonders, bring them back to this mysterious island, and they'll save their own lives. But it turns out they'll also save the world. Oh, my gosh. Well, And I love that you shared that you didn't give up like you had these failed ideas it's like no that's not going to quite work no that does but there was a passion there was a, a desire um to to do this and you didn't just after the first thought process you didn't just throw it away that is so i, I did, just did a facebook live on mistakes and i think that hits the nail on the head if you have an idea and a passion don't just quit on it if it doesn't come you know in 2 seconds a failed idea can lead to the genius idea Oh my gosh, I love this. So now, another one of your series, I read that your Max Tilt books have really been called a groundbreaking series, and like your Seven Wonders books, and really your 39 Clues books too, they they like celebrate and intertwine information and the story in a way where your research and understanding of so many things, it just really blows me away. So where did this Max Tilt series come from in your soul? Well, first I wanted to write a book that paid um, tribute to one of my favorite authors, Jules Verne, who I yes. loved when I was young. I mean, I read 80, 000, uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Around the World in 80 Days and Journey to the Center of the Earth. Those were some of the first real science fiction books ever written for a popular audience. And I thought, well, let's bring these into the 21st century. And I also wanted to write a book that had a protagonist who was neuroatypical, not your usual kind of everyday kid, but who kind of had his own obsessions and his own ways of being different from all the other kids, who gets together. Now, since he's young, he, needs, he needed someone in my author's mind to be able to access the world easily with him. So I brought into this an 18-year-old cousin um, who can drive, right, and who is the opposite of him. She just wants, she 
leaves college because she's a free spirit and she wants to explore the world and he's the opposite kind of a personality and they have to learn how to work together to solve mysterious messages that were left by their great-great-great-grandfather who happened to be Jules Verne who basically says, everything that I wrote about is true, and if you follow the path in these hidden messages and you follow a, for like a treasure hunt, a scavenger hunt, every step of the way you'll find more messages, you will find a secret treasure that I had to hide. But the, the secret of how to find them is in the works that I've written. So you explore his adventures, but in a 21st century context with very unique um, Characters, protagonists. I love your mind is just. Oh my gosh! I wish we could sit down for hours and hours. And I, there's just so <laughs> much there. You're such an inspiration. Well, so you've written so many amazing books. Like I said, you're such an inspiration. What is your mission when you write your books and travel around the world speaking to kids? I want every kid to. Embrace the fact that their ideas are not dumb. In fact, that their Amen. ideas are fresh and wonderful. I, we talk about, when I do workshops, we create a story together with the kids. And I ask them for the different elements of writing a story. And what I try to do is concentrate on the kids who are maybe not that interested or maybe are trying to be jokesters and, you know, throw out what they think is a silly idea. And sometimes those silly ideas are great. Sometimes they're the best ideas of all. And so what I aim for um, is to inspire not only the kids who already love to read and not only the kids who are voracious readers, but also the kids who just aren't that interested in it. I want to turn some of those lives around a little bit. It's a big ambition, but one of the things that I love hearing after I do a presentation or a workshop with a group of kids is the teachers will write me and say, you're not going to believe this, but I had a mom or a dad come in yesterday and said, we got, tried to get our kid to come into dinner, and we knocked on their bedroom door and said, what are you doing, thinking that they were like goofing off, and they said, shh, shh, I'm writing. And this kid has never written a word in his or her life. And I, when I hear that, I think, okay, my job, my job is, is done. That's exactly what I want. Well, and I remember reading on your website that, that you wanted to reach each child in some way. And, and I've always said that with my calling to, with Right Road Kids to help every kid in the world know that, they, that they're special. There's only one of them, that they're, they have unique talents and abilities, and, and they're amazing. And it, it just sounds so synergistic with that. And I get that bigness. Some people think well, you're crazy. Well, can I mention one more thing? Yeah. yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. I just wanted to mention one more story that I think your listeners will really appreciate. There was a school visit that I did once, big group of 500 kids, and a, and a, and a boy came up. He was 11, I think he was 11, and he read an introduction uh, about me, and um, I thought that was really nice, and so I kind of singled him out and said, let's have a hand for, uh, let's call, I'll say his name was John, even though it wasn't. Yeah. Let's have a hand for John. And he went back to seat. I did my presentation. After the presentation was over, we had Q&A, and I was able to call on him by name, John, what, what, what do you want to ask me? And that was that. You know, didn't really think much more about it. That night, I did an event at a nearby bookstore, and um, the last person online about 9 o'clock at night after a long day was a mom. And I noticed that behind the mom was this boy, John, and his his brother and they were, we all said hi and um, John and his brother went off to read some books in the bookstore and his mom said thank you and I said oh you're welcome here, here are your books and she said no 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 you don't understand 
My son was bullied so badly in another community that we lived that my husband and I got jobs here in this other place because we, we just were afraid for his life. And now, when we brought him to this school, the same thing started happening again. Kids bullied him and teased him. And today, when you did that to him at the presentation, he went back to his classroom. When you, you you know, treated him like that, he went back to the classroom. And all the kids who had teased him were clapping him on the back (gasps) and saying, Wow, that was awesome! Great! And I, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And then she started crying, and I started crying, Aww. and the bookstore people started crying. And, and I don't know whatever happened to that kid, but may, you know, maybe things went back to the way they were, maybe they weren't, but at least there was this moment that I think maybe he could grab onto as he got older, and, and maybe that helped him. Maybe that helped his confidence a little more as he went forward in life. You changed his life. I mean... And the thing is, you've accomplished so many things, so many dreams, you know, reached so many kids. So, you know, in, in 30 seconds or so, what is your key piece of advice to kids in today's world for making their dreams come true? Be kind. Be kind even when you think you can't. That's very important. Read, read, read all the time. It doesn't matter what you read. Comic books, graphic novels, books, the back of the cereal box, anything. Keep yes. reading, is, reading is the thing that's going to open up worlds for you. It's going to open up your imagination. You're going to find out who you are through reading. And if you're interested in reading, I mean, I'm sorry, if you're interested in writing, yeah, yeah. the most important thing is practice. Do it. Write something. You're going to think you're terrible. You're going to think you're never going to finish. Don't worry about it. You don't have to finish. You don't even have to show it to anybody. Just do it. You'll find something that you really like to write about. Don't worry about finishing it. Just try it. And eventually, you'll find that writing is just as much fun as reading, and it's yours. You own your stories. You have a story to tell. Everybody has a story to tell that's unique and different from everyone else's. Well, that's a synonym, right? Unique and different from everyone else's. It's <laughs> your story. It's, and and, and don't, be a, don't be ashamed of it. Don't think that it's not as good as someone else's. It is, and it belongs to you, and you have every right to try to write about it, and, and, um, and you will, and it'll be really, really good. Oh, amen. Oh, my goodness. Well, in that same vein of, of like a key piece of advice from all of your experience, Peter, what's that 30-second key piece of advice for educators and parents in terms of supporting their kids and their talents and dreams? Um, for teachers, you know, my experience with teachers is they kind of know. You know, I have had yeah. time and time again, I've run into teachers who know much, much more than I do, who really have a finger on on what every kid that they're teaching I, is, is all about. And I have nothing but amazing admiration for teachers in general, for parents who really aren't necessarily teachers and, like me, didn't quite know how to raise a kid, you know, had to learn by experience. What I found for, as a parent was the most important thing that I did for my kids was every single night after bath time, we would sit down and curl up and read a book. Every single night. I would sometimes be so tired when my son was little that I'd 
I'd feel his little fingers opening up my eyelids and say, Daddy, Daddy, keep reading, keep reading. (laughs) And I didn't even realize I'd fall asleep. They will love your reading. It doesn't matter if you can't do funny voices or if you're not a good reader. Your kid will think you are a wonderful reader because they they love you so much. And you don't have to read with voices. You can just read the book. Five minutes, an hour, however much you want to do it. Read every single night. And you'll find that your kid and you have a bond that will encourage that kid's imagination forever. Um, and, you know, and, and every kid is different. And as, as a parent, you just need to let your kids have room to be that kind of person that will bring them to their fullest flower. I love that. Give them room to be who they're supposed to be. Oh, my goodness. Not that you shouldn't discipline them, but, no, you know. No, of we, course. Everything is... Right. <laughs> Right. No, 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 no. But that what you said is so important. So, Peter, with, you know, with our, our, our final minute of the interview time here, is there, you know, we've got kids listening, we've got teachers, educators, parents, the whole gamut of people listening. What's your final one minute message that you'd like to share, get out there into the world with everybody tuning in? Um, read books by Peter Larangis. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, uh, my final word is we need so I'm I'm really glad that the thrust of this is positivity because especially after this year this year and a half that we need so much of it we need to we need to pull together we need to understand as adults that the world is going to be inherited by these children that we love so much they in a few years are going to be running everything And, and 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 it's it's our job to prepare them, and it's our job when it's necessary to step out of the way and trust that what we've given them is going to end up making the world a better place. So kids, you know, do the best you can. This has been such a hard time this last year and a half, and, and I don't know how you're doing it because, you know, my kids are older now. I, I don't know how I, how I would have survived this last year and a half with remote learning and everything right. like that. You will catch up. You will learn. You will get what you need to get. Parents, stick with it. You know, this is gonna, this is gonna be over soon, and it is starting to be over. We are gonna pull together, keep it up, make sure that your kids, um, stick with what they're doing, um, with what they're learning. Don't get wrapped up in, in, you know, politics and, and what have you. It's all about the kids, and it's all about them representing our future. Thank you so much, Peter. I mean, what a beautiful note to end on. And what a blessing and joy this has been. Thank you so much for being here with us on the right road. I mean, it's an honor to share the airwaves with you. I'm I'm so grateful for you, for all of your amazing work, and for the person that you are and the light you are in the world. Thank you, thank you a million times. Oh, thank thanks. you, Peter. Thank you so much. What kind words those are. Thank you. It's, it's, it's a great pleasure. It's really been an honor to be here. Oh, I, I wish we had more time. I just, oh, I can't say enough. So you guys, to purchase Peter's books, you've got to. I'm sure you already have, but purchase as many as you can for your kids. Oh my gosh. And read them yourself. They're inspirations. Just Google Peter Larangis. It's L-E-R-A-N-G-I-S. Peter Larangis books on Amazon. They'll all pop up there. And if you'd like to connect with Peter about visiting your school, just go to PeterLarangis.com and click the author visits tab. 
at the top of the website. Um, obviously, you can tell from this evening what an, a, a treasure he would be at your school. What a blessing. Um, and as I always like to do, I want to make sure to thank our amazing On the Right Road sponsors, Right Road Kids, Right Road Productions, Nair, Seatsack, the Lithia, and DCH auto dealerships and their support companies, including DCH Subaru of Thousand Oaks, the Just Shop with Jackie Facebook group, Leggy Liner, Lori Steenis and her Keller Williams real estate team, and Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her extraordinary A Joy-Filled Life book. Hey, you guys, remind that the next Live on the Right Road show will be coming up here in only three weeks on December 5th. It's going to be our annual inspirational holiday episode for educators, and it will include my Paula's Favorite Things gift-giving extravaganza for all of you amazing Right Road teacher friends. (laughs) And as I always like to do, I've got one nugget from my heart here, only one this evening um, to close with that you can take with you into the week and the rest of the school year. Um, I wrote this in a recent Right Road email, and it came to my heart as I've been preparing for tonight's show. And so to share it here, I'm I'm actually just going to read exactly how I wrote it in my email. I think it just fits so perfectly for tonight. So here it is. There is so much darkness in the world right now that people are often so enveloped in it and exhausted by it. And it's hard for them to even look up to see your light. So, instead of allowing your light to be snuffed out or your sparkle to be dulled, feeling like maybe it doesn't even matter, which it absolutely does, you might have to just move closer so they can see and be inspired by your light. And as I've been thinking about all of you amazing educators, it really hit me how this message is not only so important for kids, but I think it has meaning and significance that is just as essential for educators right now. Move closer to the challenges. Don't be afraid of them. Know that you have what it takes and let them see your light, your talent, your ability, your knowledge, your understanding of what your students really need. All of the amazing pieces of what you what make you the extraordinary educator you are. And for kids, the extraordinary kid you are. Shine that light right up close to their face if you need to so that they see it. Uh, And I think we each have to decide how to best do that in our own unique way. But I think that mindset of moving closer so they can see your light instead of running and cowering farther away because it's hard and scary is really part of the answer to everything that's going on right now in education and in life. We can't let the vortex of the darkness pull us into that darkness. That is what is scary and exhausting. The light is what brings us the love, happiness, joy, possibility, and everything wonderful. And I think what inspired me to share that again here this evening is thinking about all of an amazing guy like Peter has accomplished. Even though the world seems off its axis and really crazy and scary sometimes, he just keeps shining his light no matter what. And I'm sure he has difficult days like everyone does sometimes. But the overall thing that has inspired me most about Peter is that he just keeps on reaching for the dreams on his heart and making them happen. And that is in each of us if we just keep moving closer and shining and focusing on doing everything we can do and becoming everything we can be instead of holding back and stopping and living in fear when things are hard and scary. And it's so important that we nurture and guide our kids with and in that focus too. 
So I sure hope every second of this hour has been a wonderful shining light and inspiration for you. I hope a ton of light has been shining brightly for you. And speaking of light shining, um, I have one more big boost of giving fun for you this evening. And I almost forgot because Peter answered the quickfire questions within two minutes. I'll add a bonus giveaway as promised for all of you who listen all the way to the very end too. So giveaway number three, Facebook giveaway number three tonight. And you guys remember to check our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon for the long list of recipients from all of tonight's show and live broadcast giveaways. So giveaway number three, it's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now to help encourage your students to be eager readers and writers. I have 12 30-count magnetic bookmark sets with wonderfully positive messages on them. They're all shown in the giveaway picture. Plus, I have 12 30-count Papermate handwriting pen sets designed especially for kids. I've heard great about the pens. Um, the pen part of the giveaway picture shows 24%, but I'm actually going to make it 30%. So, There will be 24 educator recipients from this giveaway, and each will receive one of the magnetic bookmark sets or one of the handwriting pen sets. So to enter, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines of the giveaway post. Remember to include tonight's code word SHINE as part of your entry comment, even if you included it in tonight's other giveaway entries, okay? And also, for this giveaway, include your preference, magnetic bookmarks or handwriting pens as part of your entry comment. So, if your name is drawn, I can do my best to match each recipient with their choice, okay? This giveaway is going to be up until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight, and we'll announce the 24 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Huge thanks to Mo Anderson and her wonderful A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this awesome giveaway possible. And once again, tons of thanks, tons and tons, mountains of thanks to Peter Larangis for being my amazing guest here on The Right Road tonight. Thank you to Marcy for her wonderful behind-the-scenes support. Thank you to my terrific engineer, Josh, and the whole Voice America team. And as I always like to make sure to do, thank you all so very much for listening and being part of the Right Road family. Blessings, love, and light to every single one of you. And surprise, you guys, if you if you listened all the way to the end here, here's the special bonus gift opportunity. Because Peter met the three-minute quick-fire challenge in two minutes early on in the show, I actually have four Amazon gift cards to help you purchase needed classroom supplies, resources, or books. So if you're listening now, just email me at heypaula at rightroadkids.org. That's H-E-Y-P-A-U-L-A at rightroadkids.org. Put the word shine in the subject line and include your school, city, and state and Peter's favorite place that he's ever been to that he shared during the quickfire challenge in the body of the email. And if you do that, you'll be entered to receive one of the four $50 Amazon gift cards. And as always, you guys, this episode will be available to listen to or download for free. So you can listen to any parts of it you may have missed or download it to save and share with your teacher friends and, of course, your students. And as I typically do, I'll aim to post the free listen download link on our Right Road Kids Facebook page about a half hour after we wrap up here so if you have so that you have easy access to it, okay? And watch for the click and listen giveaway for this episode coming up at some point in the near future. Even if you're listening now, you can still click and listen and enter that giving fun. And 
between our live on the Right Road broadcast. You can always connect with us on our Right Road Kids Facebook page, Instagram page, and via our website at rightroadkids.org. You guys, always remember that you are special, appreciated, and loved. Until next time here on the Right Road on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, be that daily, daily positive, bold, empowered inspiration for the kids in your life and live your best, most amazing life on the Right Road. Hey, keep reaching for all the dreams on your heart and keep shining your amazing light. You can do anything you set your mind to. I love you all so much. Mwah. Thank you for listening to On the Right Road with your host, Paula Phillips. Connect with us anytime at www.rightroadkids.org or at Right Road Kids on Facebook. And we'll catch you again here every first and third Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Right Road. Right Road.